Welcome to Warrensville Reaching New Heights. I'm your host, June Scharf, and listen, things get really interesting in this episode. This is kind of following that theme I mentioned in a previous episode where I'm speaking to someone who owns a gym in Warrensville Heights. His name is Sean Sterling, and he lives and breathes fitness and diet and a lot of other things, but they all relate back to spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical well-being. The unique elements he brings into his practice of fitness coaching is a lot of Eastern practices. So he talks a lot about breathing, about centering yourself, about really your emotional, psychological, and spiritual health. Now, having said all that, uh, Sean is not... um, a thin yogi type. He's really strong. He's really capable of addressing fitness, I would say from all angles, and and that's both Eastern and Western practices. So I think you're going to learn a lot from Sean, just things you never even conceived of. And that's really the sweet spot for Sean. He really opens you up to new practices. So please enjoy my conversation with Sean Sterling. Sean Sterling, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you. It's exciting to have you here because you have a brand new gym in Warrensville Heights. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. relatively new. How long? Relatively new. So it's it's under a new name. So oh, okay. It right. used to be called Bodywise Athletic Development, mm-hmm. and now it's under the new name Soul Fuel Tribe. Soul Fuel Tribe. Okay. Yes. S O U L F U E L tribe got it Mm -hmm. and you're on um renaissance parkway yep and your specialties are strength and conditioning coaching Mm -hmm. and you are a certified you have a lot of certifications uh you have that in personal training yoga kettlebell instructing and thai massage yeah you got it yeah so you cover a lot of bases um What's interesting is that you take a holistic approach to training, which is blending Eastern and Western disciplines. Yes, I do. So I just wonder if you can explain what that means. So essentially what that means is that most of the time nowadays what is um, given the most attention in the personal training world or strength conditioning world is what's going to make you stronger, faster, bigger, more muscular, um, leaner, etc. So there's a lot of attention that's paid to the physical attributes of an athlete. Mm-hmm. So where the Eastern approach kind of comes into the, to the mix of that is that the Eastern approach really pays a closer attention to the mind and a closer attention to harnessing the potentials of the mind through breath work and breathing practices, meditation, mm-hmm. um, yoga as a discipline in itself is a holistic approach to wellness. So most of the time when people think of yoga, they think of yoga as physical postures or what's oftentimes referred to as asanas. But yoga, um, in the traditional context, not in the modern-day context, has a whole um, list of practices that that deal directly with your breathing, deal directly with how to um, center your mind, deal directly with how to get emotional health, deal directly with how to... Um, make a connection to your inner spirit. So hence the name of my gym being Soul Fuel Tribe, the idea of soul meets body, the idea of um, a blending approaches that allow people to not only get the physical benefits of personal training, strength conditioning, weight training, kettlebells, whatever attributes or whatever skill set I use with them, but also the idea of um, allowing people to unlock potentials within the, the framework of their mind and understand how these things apply to their life and not just to how they physically look and 
things like that. So you're still lifting weights, right? Yeah, so I still lift weights, so I still do... You've always done that. Yeah, I've always done that. You know, I st- I've got... Have you cut back, maybe? So right now, I only strength train as far as with weights, usually two to three times a week. Compared to what? Compared to what I used to do um, in my younger days, maybe I'd say five, six days a week, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, I, but I'm, st- I'm moving my body more now than ever for the most part. So I have a daily movement practice. I have a daily meditation practice. I do breath work every single day without fail. Um, there is... Is this something when you first wake up in the morning? Yeah. So I have a morning routine that I do when I'm at home. And when, when I'm at my girlfriend's house, it changes a little bit, but I still have, uh, you know, kind of like, you could call them almost like um, meditative practices that I do in the morning. Breath work specifically and movement practices just to loosen up my body and just get my body prepared for the day versus just rolling up out of bed, having a cup of coffee, taking a shower, which is, you know, kind of the Stand, norm. Standard practice. Uh, it's a standard practice. So I do something a little different than I move around for five or ten minutes. I do some, some very specific breath work to just raise up my energy a little bit. And then I do, you know, I, I like coffee, so if I have my having coffee that day, I'll have coffee. Then I take a shower, and my shower's cold. So I do a lot of cold water um, therapy or cold water immersion. I studied with a gentleman um, from the Netherlands by the name of Wim Hof uh, about seven or eight years ago. He's the guru in this department. He is. Well, of Mm -hmm. stressing the body. I think that's his thing. Well, you know, his thing is kind of a combination of an approach of breath work, very specific breathing practices, Mm -hmm. mindset, setting uh, specific intentions, and um, regular cold exposure. So exposing yourself to cold water, exposing yourself to natural elements out in nature. So like every week, for example, for me, typically I will go to the Metro Parks all winter long here in Cleveland, and you know it's very cold here, and I'll go to the Chagrin River, like literally, you know, swim trunks, and that's all. You know. For how long? Oh, I stand a little longer than I would advise most people to start off with, yeah. but I stand for I can stand for five minutes plus in 32 degree water. So I stand wow. 10, 15 minutes, you know, kind of tops. What is the upside? So the upsides of cold water exposure is the whole vascular system and the whole body gets a workout. So when you expose your body to cold, you create constrictions with all the blood vessels of the body. So every part of the body gets constricted a little bit. Hence why people get, you know, cold hands and cold feet. Blood supply is not rushing to the center of the body. So your body's going into somewhat of a, uh, of a response to keep the organs warm. And it's not too worried about the limbs. So why is this desirable? So this is desirable simply because when you get out of the water, then your body goes through a couple different phases. At first, it raises core temperature slightly above what it normally is. Mm -hmm. So if you have any flu virus or bacteria or things that might be kind of dwelling in your system, maybe ready to set in, your core temperature will raise up and it'll kill off those viruses and bacteria. Some people refer to this as a flash fever or flash Mm -hmm. flu. So what happens is when that core temperature rises, it kind of takes care of those things, and then your core temperature goes back down. So that's one of the benefits is from an immune system standpoint is it enhances some of the hormones that are responsible for your immune system's health. Hmm. Number two um, is muscular uh, um, recovery. So um, if you weight train and you do a lot of training like I do, like, you know, like I said, I strength train two to three times a week, but I do martial arts almost every single day. I'm doing rigorous things almost every day. So for me to regularly expose myself to cold water, I have a cold tub at my gym too. I don't know if you knew that. So I'll sit We're going to get there. Tub. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll get there. But oh, um, <laughs> I sit in the cold tub on a regular basis, so my muscle recovery is much greater because 
it reduces the inflammatory responses in the body. So it gets rid of like muscle soreness more rapidly. Mm -hmm. Like if I do a really hard strength training session and I wait an hour, which is usually the time window that you want to wait after strength training, we can Mm -hmm. kind of go on the science behind that. Um, Then I sit in the tub for five or 10 minutes and then I get out. I'll be much less sore the next couple days than I would if if I didn't do that. So this is experiential knowledge too. So if there are people that might be thinking about, you know, doing cryotherapy or cold water therapy, you have to understand that there's there's differences between the two. Uh, cryotherapy cry- is the chamber. Cryotherapy is the chamber. It goes down to negative 40 or whatever, 90. I don't know how cold it gets, but it gets colder than the cold water that I'm sitting in. I've done it. Okay. It's cold. Yeah, it's very cold. So I've done it. But that's only three minutes. It's only three minutes. Your hands are covered. Um, there's there's an element of pressure that you get from water. So when you enter water, pressure is it's pressurizing your body. You do mm-hmm. not get that with cryotherapy. So... Mm-hmm. Cold water for three minutes is a whole different ballgame than cryotherapy for three minutes. Okay. Most people want to get out of that tub in a minute. <laughs> They're like, get me out of here. Uh-huh. But I teach people breathing practices that allow them to center and keep themselves calm. Yeah. So, you know, back to kind of the benefits. So from a muscular recovery standpoint, it enhances muscle recovery. You wouldn't see professional athletes using cold tubs on a regular basis if it really didn't work. Right. I mean, they need to use all the elements that are efficacious and Mm -hmm. been shown by science to be effective. Mm -hmm. So there's that aspect to it. And then for me, there's more of a mental aspect to it, which is more of what I got from studying kind of Wim Hof and being a big fan of um, people that are of elite level in certain areas, like the Navy SEALs, for example. I have a huge um, appreciation and respect for what they do. But what they do mainly is because of their mindset and their un- bending will so with cold water and the durations of time that i spend in it you can get most of the health benefits in three minutes Mm -hmm. but i think as far as the mental attributes uh, strengthening your willpower um it's also going to center your thoughts because i don't think you're thinking about what you're having for dinner when you're in 40 degree or 32 degree water you're just Mm -hmm. not it pulls you into the moment forces you into meditation it's like it's like you gotta gotta be present okay but i would also argue um and, you know, you can counter. Mm-hmm. But when you're lifting heavy weight, I've always felt that that was the case. It pulls you into the moment. Yeah, weight training can pull you into the moment in a very similar way. So that's mm-hmm. why I still do it, you know, because there's a mind-body aspect to weight training. Um, you Especially need if your to, trainer's pushing you. To if your trainer's <laughs> really pushing you, yeah, to lift heavier and keep your form correct and all that, there's an element of... Kinesthetics, you know, mm-hmm. being aware of how your body's moving through space. There's an awareness of, of body positioning, of proper breathing, etc. So there's a lot of similarities. And focus. And focus. focus. Yeah. Where the cold water is different than the weight training is that you're in stillness. You're not moving your body at all. Okay. So there's okay. that blend of yin and yang, where yang, yeah. yang would be like active and movement and fire and yeah. passion and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then yin, which is like recovery, restoration, calm, yeah. Yeah. trying to find center in something that uh, for most people extremely uncomfortable mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Um, well your philosophy is that if people are willing to be disciplined and put in the work they can have a sound mind body and soul so mm-hmm. what when some if someone were to show up at your gym what's the first thing you do with them like, so the first thing I do with everybody that steps in my gym is I do an assessment so mm-hmm. the, my assessment um, is multifaceted now um, as I've grown as a personal trainer doing this for God, let's see. I'm 39. Let's see. Oh, How old are you? 39. Okay, and people, listeners should know you're in great shape. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
born in 80, so yeah, I'm 39, and then I've been doing personal training since I was like 19, so close to 20 years, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and having studied with different, really expert-level guys out there, like people like Paul Check, which I'm actually continuing my journey and studying his holistic lifestyle coaching course right now, and people that are just extremely knowledgeable and have been around in this world a long time, um, you start to generate an a different approach than when you first start. You know, you first start, you're focusing on this muscle group does this and this and this, etc. It's a very simple, simplified strength and conditioning kind of protocol. Now what I do is I take everybody through a movement protocol. Um, some people call this a functional movement screening. Mm-hmm. I have my own system that's a little different than some of the, the ones out there that are available and when people research it online. So I have my own system that I've developed through pulling in resources from multiple systems. And then also I do a joint mobility assessment to see how people's bodies are functioning in the joint level. And then I do a breath work assessment. So I assess their breathing and see how's their respiration, is it healthy? And then we talk about specific goals. So my assessment takes an hour and a half to two hours sometimes to go yeah. through. But it's thorough, it's extensive, and it allows me to generate a plan or a routine that's specific for the individual. So whereas if somebody comes in and they're an athlete, I might do some similar exercises with an athlete as I do with a mom. But the protocol would be slightly different depending on what the stresses are in their life, what their recovery is, what their uh, ability to consistently um, you know, come to the gym on a regular basis is, all kinds of different factors. So we talk about all that stuff in the assessment. The assessment focuses on the body mainly, and then the respiration is a secondary effect okay. because that tells me the state of their mind. If somebody comes in and they're, <laughs> you know, something's a little uh, off with their sympathetic nervous system, which means their their head's a little uh, um, uncentered. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you are clearly very passionate about fitness, and you've been this way for a long time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. dialing us all the way back to high school, you know, what were you like then, and how did you find your way to plug into fitness so much? What were the influences? Maybe? So I, I would say initially the influences as far as weight training goes were my brother and my father. Okay. Uh, my father had been working out three times a week since he was, you know, <laughs> pretty much his whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, almost never missed. Even when he was going through his fir- first bout of cancer, bladder cancer, he was still working out like three times a week, which is super impressive considering some of the side effects of some of the treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, my brother was in the strength strength training as well. And more into bodybuilding, so bodybuilding and things like that. But since I was about 12 years of age, I got introduced to martial arts. Uh, a close friend of mine went to this school called Hillcrest Academy. He moved here from Michigan. His name is Josh. Um, and uh, I started to study at where his uncle taught martial arts at. And uh, this was a school of Goshen Jiu-Jitsu, which is a Japanese-style martial art. And... I loved Bruce Lee, and I loved all the martial arts movies and stuff when I was growing up, so it was just kind of a natural thing for me to like really want to study that stuff. More so than strength and conditioning, actually, for the most part. Okay. Um, I really like dived deep into martial arts until I re- achieved high ranks there, and then I studied other martial arts, like Filipino martial arts, Chinese martial arts, now yeah. Russian martial arts. I teach Tai Chi as well. So there's been this constant underlying theme of martial arts. But the, the main important thing is from a fitness standpoint is that since I you know, was really into people that were extremely physically fit, like Bruce Lee was a very fit you know, human being. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. And I wanted to have similar attributes. So I just looked at what they did and tried to implement and learn everything I could that they did. 
So mm -hmm. that was kind of the upbringing was, uh, you know, I had a gym membership when I was like, I think 15, awesome. maybe 14 so you've years always old. been immersed. I was always immersed. And we had a gym in my basement, you know, like it was nothing special, but it was a yeah. you know, barbell set, dumbbells, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I used to, you know, we train in the basement. Mm -hmm. um, I would go to the gym, you know, it's initially I look back now and, and, you know, I appreciate and um, I have a lot of, um, um, What's the word for it? I have a lot of just uh, thank. I'm grateful, grateful for it. But also, if I had the knowledge I have now, and I was able to apply it then, the results would have been way, way different. <laughs> so I wish I had the knowledge that I do now then. But well, with that just, being said, that's just life. Yeah, it's just you know? life. You know. So, <laughs> um, but with that being said, it was it was great. You know, I, I I learned a lot. I learned a lot throughout the years, and you know, the spiritual disciplines really started to embark in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. I was introduced to meditation at Hillcrest Academy, so I was okay. introduced to like the meditative signs and the aspects of like a yoga discipline. Um, I didn't really understand the importance of it at the time, but I did it, you know, in the kids' class when I was like twelve years old. We sit and meditate and listen to gongs and stuff like that. Um, and then that kind of stuck with me for whatever reason. And then I, you know, studied yoga extensively, you know, early. I just heard about something new: uh, sound baths. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's the idea you go into a room and there's all kinds of like gongs and mm -hmm. sounds mm -hmm. to to do what? Well, Pull you out of your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, I have a friend that does that stuff. So her name is Sarah. Yolanda, okay. um, and she's a she's a local yoga te local yoga teacher here, and she is a cellist. So mm -hmm. she was called classically trained cellist. She plays uh, the singing bowls, the Tibetan singing bowls, where people yeah. kind of put the mallet around it and yeah. it makes noise. Mm -hmm. And then um, she also plays gong and a few other just instruments that come from all over the world. And I think what you know with sound immersions, there's there's something to be said about w vibrational healing, like what happens when you're exposed to different sounds, mm -hmm. and what happens on a scientific level. To if people want to research this a little more, you can research what happens to the cellular function when it feels vibration. When your when your body it enlivens your cells, so to speak. Certain vibrations carry with it a certain effect on the body oh, wow. certain not so good others mm -hmm. great okay. so what these tibetan yogis have done with like for example like mantras are you familiar with the term mantra mm -hmm. so a mantra is a repeated phrase like om like that kind of thing like repeating that phrase over and over and over again has an effect in the brain hmm. and it's been shown that vibration has an effect on specifically releasing neurotransmitters in the brain to do what? To make to, you feel to, good? To make you feel good and calm Almost down. like a, a calming down. Almost okay. like a high, but I wouldn't say a high is a good um, description well, of it. Effect. I would say a centered effect. Okay. Like there's something called Brahmari breathing where you, mm, you hum, mm -hmm. and literally this vibrates some oh. of the endocrine glands in your brain. Wow. That vibration stimulates circulation to those glands, mm -hmm. and then that circulation to those glands stimulates the flow of special like endorphins and... Um, things like that that create a, a state of calm in the mind. Well, this is amazing. We have this here in Warrensville Heights. Mm -hmm. I have to share a few episodes ago. Um, the owner of the Krav Maga gym mm. uh, came in and mm -hmm. spoke. Yeah, so, it's a nice guy. Yeah, and you guys are in the same strip. So yeah, um, yes. it's amazing that here in Warrensville Heights, we we are fortunate to have both of you. Mm -hmm. But um, let's pivot now uh, to another one of your passions, of which you have many. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, that's true. the the um, sistema, which is the Russian martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So um, my jiu-jitsu background is is more in Gracie jiu-jitsu or uh, in Japanese style jiu-jitsu, which is uh, called Goshen jiu-jitsu. 
Now, I studied Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a little bit off and on. And, uh, so that well, has nothing to do with Sistema? Nothing to do with okay, Sistema. Sorry. Sistema, the Russian martial art, is um, specifically martial arts that's typically taught to elite military. Okay. Um, now, keep in mind, when I first started to study Sistema, I, the way I was introduced to it was kind of odd. Like, I had friends that would send me YouTube clips of, you know, some of the some of the teachers out there that were doing it. And there was something about it that was... There was something very free about the martial arts. There was something that was unseen. There was variables. It didn't look like somebody was really really eliciting that much energy and effort to really be effective at martial arts. Mm-hmm. So I started to look for somebody that can teach it here. This was maybe 10 years ago or something like that. Now I had I grew up in Mayfield, so there was we had some Russian friends. You know, mm-hmm. uh, There was several Russian kids that went to Mayfield High School. I happened to reach out to my friend Paul, and I was like, do you know anybody that teaches this system of Russian martial art? He's like, actually, I have a friend named John that... Mm-hmm. Um, practices it he's not a teacher but he's been looking for a training partner for a while and he lives in Solon he lives right by your gym reach out to him so I reached out to him and literally like day one I was, it was like a long lost brother kind of thing like we started to train and it's a it, there's a lot of contact with within martial arts so what, especially what's Sistema dif- yeah what's different about Sistema so Sistema the way I explain it nowadays um, mm-hmm. and my, the way I define it kind of changes because Sistema is a system of martial art and also it's a system that incorporates practices for your health so there's certain things like cold water dowsing that the russians do cold again back to that cold water stuff right well they have a lot of that they have a lot of that banyas are a good example like you have cold tubs and then you know high heat saunas and things like that um, so they have health health practices. And then Sistema as a whole, is from, from the martial arts perspective, the way I say it nowadays is it's, it's a martial art that's hard to contain in a box because it's not taught in a way where you're taught specific movements and forms. Okay. You're taught concepts. You're taught how to hold the body. So there's four primary elements within Sistema. There's breathing and how you breathe. So there's a ton of breathing practices within mm-hmm. Sistema to help calm the mind, center the body, etc., there's the element of structure, how I maintain the structure of my body or posture. There's an element of movement, and there's an element of relaxation. So those four pillars within Sistema really are the overlying umbrella of everything that kind of happens underneath. Certain things can happen like learning how to defend against a knife, learning how to use a knife, learning how to defense the gun, learning how to defend yourself on the ground, etc. But all, the, all of those technical elements have this underlying... Um, consistency with maintaining a state of calm so it's a form of meditative martial art for, for lack of a better way of saying it that's a great me, way to say it <laughs> that's probably okay. the best way for me to describe yeah. it for the time being yeah. um but also within it you develop the freedom in your body and you develop a calmness in dealing with stress in the mm. body because we train people to specifically have skills mm. and we push people so we push people to, in our comfortable way, initially at first, and then kind of elevate, elevate, elevate. Mm-hmm. So we push them consciously to have to push themselves mm-hmm. with very specific breathing protocols that allow people to have what, what I would refer to as stress resilience. So the ability to not freak out. So if you're, let's say your stress threshold is at a certain level, like here, Sistema training will raise that up to the so point. So here means like a two. Yeah. If, if you're going to freak out at a two, you're yeah. saying the system gives you the ability to not freak out till it's maybe like 10. Correct. Or not freak out at all. Or not freak out at all, uh-huh. for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> so to be able to okay. stay calm yeah. um, 
like with like in the indifference to differentiate it from like yoga per se yoga like meditating and being on a meditation cushion and maybe sitting in a cave like some of these yogis in India do is way different than being in battle yeah (laughs) right so your ability to stay calm there doesn't necessarily uh, transfer to your ability to stay calm in a martial arts sense or in a confrontational situation so that's where Sistema really comes in and says hey we can train these things and teach people how to really be calm in a state or when they're confronted with a situation that's very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so it's a way of life it's yeah. a way of life. It's a, you know, one of the, the teachers out there said it good. It's, it's, it's kind of like an operating system, mm-hmm. like on your computer. Like it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the particular applications. It's the thing that allows everything else to operate. Interesting. So if you're always able to control your breathing. You can yeah. maintain a state of calm. If you always sit with a straight spine, like my teacher, Vladimir Vasiliev, Anytime he sits, he sits with a straight sign. I've, I've never seen him slouch, ever. I'm not doing too bad. You were doing pretty good. Um, These are not he, comfortable he, chairs. He moves very, very well, yeah. all the time. I mean, he is, I've seen him <laughs> do demonstrations in martial arts. Uh, I, I, I've never seen anybody else do. Well, that's probably a lot of training. Over a lot. A long well, he was elite military at one point in time in Russia, okay. too. So, okay. you know, there's. he's very high level. Hi, Keller, guy, and he's super kind. He's humble. He's here in Cleveland? No, he's, he's in dead. Toronto. So okay. for a while, I was going out to Toronto on a very consistent basis, training over there. Mm-hmm. At this point, I don't get that out there as frequently as, as much as I'd like, but um, I'm a certified teacher now. It took me, I don't know, somewhere like six years or so mm-hmm. to become a certified instructor, and that's with a ton of previous other martial art background. Mm-hmm. So when I went there and, you know, I first met him, I was so enamored by how easily he can handle me. Like, like I was like a, like a rag doll. Like, I mean, literally with no effort, down on the ground repeatedly. I'm like, I've been studying martial arts for like, at that point in time, like 12 years or something. Yeah. And I'm like, jeez. So you're pulling your dude. moves, you're putting moves on him. And he's, he's just, just, he didn't have to use any Take you to the floor. Yeah. Like I just, it was like something you would see in like a Matrix movie or something. How old is like this guy? really weird. Right now, Vladimir's in his mid-50s, I think. Okay. So this was 10 years? Yeah, 10 years ago or so. Okay. Yeah, something well. like that. It's hard to tell because he looks so young and so youthful. Yeah. He really takes care of himself quite well. Um, but um, again, yeah. just being exposed to that level of mastery because I, I view him as a master um, and such ease, mm-hmm. you know, and no effort. And I knew there was something there that I had never been exposed to in other martial arts. I just knew there was like there was like a hidden power or something like a potential that is available. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I I embarked it and uh, unveiled that or unveiled that within myself. Yeah, Sean, you seem like you're this very good blend of a student and a teacher at the same time. Mm, like you are constantly so. self-educating. Yes. Yeah. Or not self-educating, educating yourself through whatever source makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm still studying all the yeah. time. So yeah. I'm studying Paul Check's uh, resources right now. I'm trying to become a holistic lifestyle coach under his system. He's one of the most... Uh, um, influential people in my life that I've never actually personally met. So <laughs> part of that journey is going to actually, I'm going to be, you know, going there and, and, where did, and where is he? training with him. So he's based out of California. Okay. Um, he has a place over there. Well, I think we should take head on the cold bath therapy because sure. you have this mm-hmm. bath in your, one bath in your facility, in your gym. Mm-hmm. And um, Zach Lewis, a uh, great writer over at Cleveland.com, yeah, has come really to visit guy. you. He mm-hmm. wrote about this. It's been, it's out there on Cleveland.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so how cold is the water? So I can adjust the temperature of that water. Okay, so I can go anywhere from, 
is like mid fifties down to the coldest the tub will go is forty. I keep it at forty. <laughs> okay. So the reason why I keep it at forty is because I'm the main person using it on a regular basis. Um, I've had a few people have some interest in it, and the reason why I feel like a being on the lower end of the spectrum for cold is a value for most people is that go cold or go home <laughs> kind of but also i teach people a preparatory practice of okay. um setting their mind right and uh, i teach people um elements of breathing mm-hmm. that, t- that stem from the wim hof method so i use some of his some of the things and the skills that I've learned from him, I teach to people before they enter the water. So their their body and their nervous system and their mind is set. They're they're okay. ready to go. With that being said, I also I limit their time. So I only will let people stay in there for three minutes, absolutely tops. Okay. So just kind of like the cryotherapy, like they usually they will not let you stay in any longer yeah. than three minutes. Yeah. That's the max. You go in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Bathing How suit, do yeah. you keep the tub clean? You you empty the water every time. So the the, the beauty about this tub, um, no, I don't have to do that. Actually, the beauty about this tub is it has what's called an ozonator. So an ozonator removes about 98% of any types of bacteria or things that would enter the water from, say, somebody's skin or something like that. Is there chlorine in it? I do. I chlorinate the water once a week. But an ozonator, what an ozonator does is it takes that chlorine out within a 24 to 48-hour period of time. So I use these strips, these alkaline strips, mm-hmm. to check the pH of the water, the alkalinity of the water, um, the mineral content in the water as mm-hmm. well as the chlorine. And when the chlorine is at zero, that's when I prefer that people go into that water. Simply because I'm not a huge fan of getting into chlorinated water. I mean, I'm not against it per se. I do sometimes um, when I go to the gym and I swim and stuff like that. Like, obviously, I'm going to be exposed to some chlorine. But I prefer that the water be um, the company that I bought the tub from. Um, they say their water is basically like pseudo drinking water, meaning okay. that like it's so pure you could drink it, um, and it's super clean, super clean. So I've what have clients? With it. What have clients said after the experience? Well, you know, usually what people say initially at the, uh, first after the experience is how challenging it was in comparison to what they maybe saw me do. Because a lot of that video that they did for the Cleveland.com article and some of the stuff out there, like, I'm very comfortable in the cold. So people are like, wow, I can't believe how, like, how do you stay so calm in that water? Whereas Zach gets in there and he's like, oh, I'm like, calm your breathing. I'll slow it down. But I've trained myself to be calm in this specific situation. Plus, I've exposed my body to it on a regular basis. So just like weight training, a lot of people don't think about this, but I'll just give you this as a side note. When you expose your body regularly to cold, your circulation improves. The blood vessels, when they constrict, it's like weight training for your blood vessels. Mm -hmm. So they actually start to get stronger, and the ability to handle cold and or differences in temperature starts to increase. So Mm -hmm. if you 30 seconds was hard a month ago, a minute might be about where you're at now. If a minute's hard for a month... Maybe you go to two minutes. Well, I've been doing this for like eight years. But for how? What so, is your recommendation in terms of frequency? Frequency, I would say for most of the health benefits, I would say two to three times a week. Okay. Uh, for most of the health benefits, now you can do that in different ways. You don't need necessarily need to hop in my cold tub. You can take a cold shower every single day, uh-huh. and and your warm shower, bathe warm, do what you got to do, keep your breathing calm, turn the water all the way cold, and stay in for thirty seconds to a minute do that every day and the health benefits will be uh, but what is a key part of any fitness routine is the recovery so if you're Mm -hmm. so if they're doing 30 seconds in cold you don't go immediately to 100 degree water do you or 
Uh, well, in my opinion, in, the shower, in, in my in the showers, provided the person does not have any heart conditions. Yeah. So if after an assessment, I found out that they had heart problems, mm-hmm. I would say be gradual about it. You know, go a little cold, go a little cold, go a little cold. As long as you can regulate your breathing, as long as you are in control of your breathing, okay. and you're not going into gas reflexes like, <gasps> and you're yeah. starting to freak out, mm-hmm. then your heart rate will stay pretty much level. But as soon as you enter cold water, like if somebody falls through ice and they fall into mm-hmm. the water, the first thing they tell you to do if you want to survive that is calm your breathing. Okay. Slow the breathing down. You've got a little time. You've got more time than what most people would think. So most people panic. Their breathing goes out of whack. Their heart rate increases. And when that happens, your core temperature will drop much more rapidly than if you were calm. So you, okay. you gain time by staying calm. I and do. you gain calmness by controlling your breathing. Okay. So you see the link? Yeah. The link there. Yeah. The breath is the link yeah. in the ability to control your mind. Got it. It's a bridge. Huh. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. One other thing you have going on at your gym is something called Fitness Cubed, mm-hmm. which is a 12-week small group training program where you integrate uh, yoga, gymnastics, mm-hmm. calisthenics, weight lifting, kettlebells, and conditioning, and it's five days a week. Mm-hmm. So... Um, how did that get started? So that got started, um, um, one of the trainers that works for me at the gym, his name is Matthew Levy. Um, he moved here, I think it's two years ago at this point, from L.A. Mm-hmm. So he had um, worked and trained at other facilities in L.A., and his family moved here to Cleveland. Um, I think his wife has family here, and I think the reason why they moved here is they just felt it would be a better place to raise their children. So Fitness Cubed is his blended approach to semi-private group training. So he limits the class to six people. It's very similar to what you get in uh, like a CrossFit or something like that. Okay. And I say that uh, using that term just because that's a reference for a lot of people. A lot of people have heard of CrossFit. But his approach, although similar in utilizing cross-training and utilizing all these elements... Workout it, of the day. It's, it's not really the one kind of mentality. Okay. It's more of a periodized, very specific four-week cycle kind of segmented okay. routine. So those classes are his brainchild. Mm-hmm. Um, now I happen to re- understand and appreciate his knowledge, and I felt like he would be a good attribute and fit for my gym. Uh, I don't take on any trainers. So, uh, you know, I've had people come through the doors throughout the years that um, had different approaches to training that I didn't necessarily agree with, um, and they weren't a good fit. But Fitness Cubed and what Matthew Levy does at this point is is a good fit because he has a very well-balanced, blended approach that covers a lot of aspects of strength and conditioning, mobility, flexibility. You get a lot of, you get a lot of bang for your buck, but also you get a lot of attention. So versus like a CrossFit where you must have 20 or 30 people in there, there's not a lot of limits on how many people can come to a class. He limits it to six. Pay, you pay a little more for that service, but you get a lot more direct attention. So you're almost getting a personal trainer or that type of level of one-on-one interaction, but you're getting it in a semi-private group setting, which means you have the support of your, you know, your training partners and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of where that's come from at this, this point. Okay, and another thing you have for your clients mm-hmm. and anyone who would like to be a client is this big trip to Costa Rica. Yeah, um, so um, at this point, my girlfriend and I are running a um, Ayurvedic and yoga retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pushing it back one year, so um, long story short, the medical malpractice lawsuit my parents ran mm-hmm. is scheduled for the week that we're going to be in Costa Rica this year. Okay. So I've had to delay it one year because I don't want to um, 
have my mom have to deal with that stress on her own. Okay. So it's going to be not 2019, it's going to be 2020. But um, we found an unbelievable resort over there that's um, it's kind of off the beaten path. It's everything um, this guy does is, is in alignment with our core values. So he is he gets all his food from the land. Um, everything's organic. Everything's fresh. There's no unnecessary waste. There's no... Uh, like he he does all the practices that allow you to sustain and have a sustainable healthy garden such as composting and things like that so it's not like your common resort that you would see somewhere else so it's a health and wellness center Um, and we just liked what he had to offer as far as that goes because a lot of that stuff's in in alignment with my values like when I eat I only buy organic and I only eat organic like plain and simple I don't touch GMOs I don't buy cheap I buy what is healthy and sustaining my body. But also in doing that, I also feel like I'm having an impact on the world right now and doing something that's a little more sustainable than factory farm meats and things like that. So Are you a vegetarian? I'm not, but I have been in the past. So I've gone through phases. I was a vegetarian for six to eight months, and then actually I went full vegan at one point in time. A lot of people don't know, don't know that I've embarked on this journey at one point. Um, and I did it more of a, almost like a spiritual kind of thing at the time because a lot of yoga literature, a lot of the traditional stuff talks about being a vegetarian or a vegan. So I gave it a really strong shot. And uh, I, I'm right now, I'm about a buck 90. When I was a vegan, I couldn't stay above 170. It was, I looked unhealthy. I, yeah. It actually was. So I was very weak and kind of frail and, and not, not myself. And so I had to eventually... Um, embrace what my body needed and what I grew up with as a kid and also embrace that I'm a European descent and typically were uh, designed to eat a little more um, animal products and animal proteins and things like that. So with that being said, I'm no longer a vegetarian or a vegan, but I have experimented with it. So um, in essence, this particular retreat that we're doing, we're going to do a blended retreat of offering yoga and Ayurveda, and Ayurveda is the science of life, and my girlfriend, she's a, a practitioner of that that, that science, mm-hmm. so she's uh, a certified medical practitioner in Ayurveda, which is really interesting stuff. Um, that's a whole separate podcast. That's a whole, yeah, you can talk to her. <laughs> that's funny. She's not, she, her business is in, in Warrensville Heights, but we do offer some of her services. Uh, she offers them at Chagrin Yoga and various yeah. places around town, Citizen Yoga, which is in Pine Crest, and all over. She's a very smart girl, and um, um blessed to have her in my life really well i think we're blessed to have you in warrensville heights i think we've covered a tremendous amount of ground here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is there anything else you want to add that people should know about your gym um well i i I think um beyond being something to the where we're talking about the value of my gym i I think if if even if people don't come to my gym Mm -hmm. to start to understand and appreciate just the idea of keeping themselves calm by just turning their awareness to their breath okay so leave it leave it there but you know when any when anybody's stressed when anybody is going through something in life that requires quite a bit of attention if you take three to four good nice slow long deep breaths you're going to be much more capable of handling the situation in a way that's productive versus reactive so the breath is again the link between all the systems that i use 
So when we work out, right, breathe heavy sometimes. I teach, I teach a whole breathing system to be on top of that. So when somebody usually says something like, catch your breath, mm-hmm. I actually have a system on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, I've learned this system from various resources, such as Sistema of the Russian Martial Art, Qigong, Tai Chi, um, different systems of breath work and energy cultivation. Um, with that being said, too, just turning your awareness to the breath and learning how to slow it down will calm the nervous system down. Now we're in this day and age where I think people are very stressed out. So most people operate from a sympathetic nervous system response. They're very stressed, very reactive. Mm-hmm. I want people to start to slow down a little bit. Activate your parasympathetic nervous system. Slow your breathing down. Get your heart rate down. This will lower your blood pressure as well and allow you to be a little more calm and productive human being in the world, which we need a lot of those right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave true. it at that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you.